Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first official episode of Rustman's Daily Eyes Podcast. I'm your host, Rustman, better known as Joel Drake, at least in the circles, former safety of the Colton Pythons, and starting tomorrow, safety of the Colorado Yeti. Now, what exactly is this podcast going to be? Why should you listen to this podcast as opposed to the other 50,000 we've got going around this website? Well, I was looking around at the website that the other podcasts going on, and I noticed that they all seem to be what I would call lounge podcasts. Now, this isn't an insult of any form, especially not for people like Sil Frenny, who's been running his for quite a while. Those are very good to listen to, and I do appreciate the fact that those are going on. But what I found is, is that there's not really an NFL Network-style weekly recap podcast going on right now. There's not really that high-energy high uh, information podcast that you can listen to maybe if you miss the games this week or maybe just something you want to have a little fun maybe make this league a little bit more official in your mind so that's going to be what this is this is going to be trying to keep the energy up this is going to be recapping whatever the previous game was of the week i plan on posting this every single tuesday thursday and saturday after the games have been played both talking about the previous weeks and predictions for the upcoming week And this time we're going to be talking about some of my favorite picks from the draft, as well as a quick preseason roundup before getting into my predictions for the season. Now, first off, we're going to start off with talking about the draft because I love the draft. I love talking about team building. It's my favorite part of any part of football. I play Madden. I skip past all the playing stuff. I go straight to the offseason. So here are some of my absolute favorite picks from the last draft. And it's going to be Portland bias because those are the people that I know and those are the people that I love. So we're going to start off with the second overall pick of Dan Foster, user arcs going to the Wraiths. Now, I don't understand how arcs was not nominated for user of the year last season. It was a complete and total snub. Arcs basically single-handedly kept the Pythons discord alive on every day that was not a game day. He did all the write-ups. He had a fantastic media series going, and he was a great player and a great earner on top of that. So the fact is, it's not a surprise that he went number two overall. I was really hoping my Yeti could pick him up, but I'm honestly not shocked that he went number two overall. I think he could have even gone number one overall. The Wraiths are going to absolutely love this guy. Now, next up, we got the first Yeti pick of Albert Rushman of user Katarn. Now, this guy has also been fantastic. I've known him mostly in our game server that we've been having going around and he's been absolutely fantastic and i'm super super happy that we managed to add this guy katarn's just a great guy overall honestly he probably could have also been nominated for user of the year though honestly i'm not too shocked that it went to who it went to but really i just love the fact that he's going to be coming up immediately he's going to be a boon to this yeti off defensive line And really, that's all I've got to say. He's just great. He's just fantastic. Next up, we got my perhaps favorite safety of last year that wasn't me, Tayshawn Crunk, going eighth overall. Now, Crunk is absolutely fantastic. He would have been, if I had a vote, he would have been safety of the year for the DSFL last year. Now, I can't obviously complain because I ended up winning the award, but he was a very, very close second. And I absolutely love what I've seen from Crunk. He's been great. He's been an absolutely fantastic user for the Royals. And I love the fact that he went in the first round. He absolutely deserved it. Now, pick number 11. Go Tank! That's all I've got for him. Eldorian, apparently, he's absolutely fantastic at Fall Guys. And he's just a great guy also to have around in our game server. Now, we're moving on to the second round. Pick number three, Chuck Roth. Zeagle 1 is the user here. And I believe, if I remember correctly, he went to the Outlaws. Now, the Outlaws are going to be absolutely in love with this guy along their offensive line. He was fantastic as a user last year. He's a fantastic earner. you got to love the offensive linemen, and you got to love the users that play as them. hes I don't know if he's in the Fair Rubs Discord, the offensive line Discord. He absolutely should be. I would send him an invite right now if I could. But really... He's just been fantastic. He was nominated for Offensive Alignment of the Year last year. He didn't get it. I think he's got a very good shot of getting it this year, and I think he's got a very long and successful ISFL career ahead of him. Next up, pick seven of the second round, Dave, Davriel Levine, user Raven. Raven is a user that I haven't actually been as knowledgeable about as some of the other ones you've heard me talk about already. As a player, Davrell Levine was absolutely incredible last year. I personally, I put him third behind myself and Krunk, but we both had great years. And he that's not an insult, and that's not a put-down of Ravens player in any way. 
personally, I think when it's all said and done, he's probably going to be right behind Crunk as the second best safety of that entire class. And I just love Ravens one. It's been a very limited interaction, but he's been fantastic. Next up in the first pick of the third round, we've got maybe my favorite name in this entire league, National Simulation Football League user SD Core. Now, this is another Yeti pick. And I don't know where exactly he's going to play. I'm not in charge of those decisions, and I'm glad I'm not because I don't want to be the one to tell Football League that he's got to stay on the bench behind myself and Greedy Sly. Maybe he'll switch over to uh, corner, perhaps, or maybe linebacker. But really, I just love both the name, the render, and the user. He's absolutely fantastic, though I've not been as uh, familiar with SD Core as before. But he's, I'm sure, going to be great. I know he's a great earner. I don't know how he fell to the third round, but maybe this is another case of those uh, those years in the draft where everyone is worth a first-round pick and there just aren't enough to go around. Now, with the second pick in the fourth round, Darren Palma went Star Wars as perhaps maybe the most difficult name to pronounce in this entire class, though I'm sure I will prove myself wrong on that very point in about a minute or two. Now, Darren Palma was a great running back for us here in Portland, he didn't quite get the numbers as a player, but that's not really his fault. We didn't run great as a team at all last year, but as a running back, he was absolutely fantastic to doing exactly what we needed him to do. He was exactly what Sam Howardson needed him to be on his MVP campaign, and I know for a fact that he's going to keep earning and make everyone look like fools for waiting until the fourth round, though I know he is a running back, so those always fall in this league anyway. But I don't know if he'll be among the ranks of like the Zoe Wattses of the league, but he's certainly got a chance to be up there. Now, in the 13th pick of the fourth round, we've got Angelo Cirilli. And this guy is my absolute steal of the draft. User Angelock, I believe is how you pronounce it. I think at the time he was at 203 TPE. As a defensive tackle, I don't know how he fell all the way down. I believe this was a Yeti pick. I don't know how he fell all the way down to the end of the fourth round. But man, am I happy that he did. Cirilli was fantastic at all year for the Pythons. I don't know. Maybe he's got some hidden character concerns. Maybe his player is a drug user. I don't know how he fell this far. Certainly happy that he did. And he's going to make Bubba Thumper really happy to be his replacement. Now, the final pick I'm going to talk about is the very last pick of the fifth round. Slayer, user Thyeth, a defensive end. Now, I know Thyeth wasn't exactly super happy. You could see it if you look back on the uh, earlier text of the year. But Thyeth Thyeth really underestimated just how important Slayer was, just how good I believe he will be at this next level. I don't know if he's getting called up just yet or if he's going to have another year. Usually defensive linemen are up right away, so I I wouldn't be shocked. But he was a solid earner. Uh, He was solid in terms of his sim luck. He was putting up constant stats. And I just think that if he gives himself more time, if he keeps earning, his player is going to pay off for a big way. Now, that's... All of the picks that I absolutely loved. If I missed anybody, feel free to reach out. I apologize, but those were just the ones that stood out to me on draft day. Now we're going to move on. We're going to take a quick moment to talk about the preseason. We're not going to talk about it for too long because I understand that most teams don't exactly use their real strats. Most teams are not taking it too seriously because it's not like real life where you got to get people reps. Backups don't go in and there are no injuries. Uh, but Really, just to quickly talk about, there were no real surprises for me in this preseason in terms of record, trying or not. Uh, Maybe the Yeti only going 2-2 is a bit weird, but I know for a fact they weren't using their actual strats. Selfish doing 3-1. Chicago and Yellowknife, both exactly where you'd expect them to be at 2-2. Baltimore at 1-3. Philly, a big surprise. I don't know if they were using their actual strats or not. Maybe they were just screwing around. Maybe the uh, odds just fell their way for preseason, but they went 3-1, which is a surprise. Uh, though, as you'll see later on, I don't expect them to replicate such success. And the Fire Salamanders picking up a win over the Silverbacks, which was the first official matchup of the preseason, and is going to be the official official first matchup of the regular season. But though, I don't expect them to be too successful either. In the ASFC, the San Jose Sabercats go 1-3. and three. Doesn't surprise me at all. Otters being a bit lower than I expect them to be at 2-2, two and two, but again, don't know if they were using their real strats or not. Outlaws also 2-2. Two and two. I expect them to be a bit better than that come the regular season. Uh, second line going 4-0 and is quite good for them. Uh, and I expect them to be competing for the top seed in the AFCC come playoff time. Haha uh, Lua and the Copperheads both go 2-2. Two and, two, and the Silverbacks fall to 1-3. and three. 
Now, we're going to talk about the actual power rankings now. Where do I expect uh, teams to fall? Where do I expect uh, playoff teams to be? Uh, and I'm going to start from the very bottom of the league. I've split this up into four tiers. And I'll explain the tiers as I go. But right now, we're starting off with Tier 4. And these are the teams that I don't expect to compete at all. I don't expect them to get very many wins. I don't expect any of them to go winless, of course. But I just don't see them competing for this year. Probably not even next year. Maybe the year after that. We'll just have to see. But at the very bottom, I've got a tie between the New York Silverbacks and the Berlin Fire Salamanders. Now, this is not uh, an insult to Wolkers or Hayashi. This is not uh, any way of... Uh, saying that I think they'll do a bad job. But these are the new expansion teams. Uh, one of them, I believe, is trying out a former wide receiver at quarterback. Uh, I believe the other one's using Sam Howitzer. It's just, it's they just don't have the TPE to compete. They just don't have the resources. I think they will be good, especially I have Trustin Walker's running the Silverbacks, because I know he's good because he ran the Eddie for very many years. But I don't think now is going to be the time. I don't think anybody's going to be surprised at that. I don't think this is an insult to anybody. I just think that now they're just not going to be ready. Two years, three years down the line, we'll see. Just not right now. Uh, next up at 12, I've got the Philadelphia Liberty. Now, I love Soup. Soup loves me. We love each other. But the Liberty are just, they're just not a very good football team. Uh, poor Sam Torrenson has been falling apart in heavy, heavy regression. Uh, I don't think the quarterback's going to play very well. I just don't like really the weapons they've got on offense, and I don't think their defense is ready to compete. I think maybe after a year or two, maybe if they could shed some of that dead weight on the team, maybe do what the Chicago Butchers did and just completely retool their entire roster, uh, really get some active young players in, I think that would be exactly what they need to do. I wouldn't be against them completely honestly blowing it up at this point because I just don't see them competing at all. Uh, so moving on to spot number 11, we've got the Baltimore Hawks. Basically, I've got the same opinion on the Hawks as I do the Liberty. Uh, I love the Baltimore Hawks. I love the fact that they play in the same city as my favorite NFL team, the Baltimore Ravens. And I think they had quite a bit of bad luck going into last season. But I think really, I just don't think they're ready. I, I think in about a year or two, maybe they'll be able to go maybe 500. Uh, I don't think they've got the same easy out as they do as Liberty does uh, with completely blowing everything up, which is kind of an uncomfortable situation for them to be in. And I think that them losing Darrell Williams to the Yeti in free agency last offseason is going to be an absolute complete killer for their run game and their offense as a whole. I think the defense might be decent. Maybe uh, just depends on how the, uh, the coin lands, but I just don't think that they're ready to compete this year or even next year. Now we're moving on to tier three. These are the teams that I think if luck lands on their side, if they're blessed by lady luck, if their percentages go their way, I think they've actually got a chance to maybe push for a playoff spot. I don't expect it. I wouldn't bet on it. And since we have a casino, I actually could bet on it, but I won't. Uh, but I think that they've got a shot. I'm not a big fan of where their teams are right now, but I think they could be good. I think they're on their way to being good. I just don't think they're ready to compete yet with the teams above them. And in the number 10 spot, I've got the Honolulu Hahalua. Now, this is a team that I think is still trying to find their footing. Uh, they had uh, a, quite a bit of good sim luck, at least at the start of last season. They won a lot of games they really weren't supposed to. Uh, and I think, I believe that I remember correctly, their quarterback is uh, Luke Skywalker. And I think that as he keeps earning, he will get better. But I think he still needs another year or two of earning before he's ready to compete with the likes of maybe where McDummy was or where JQ is now or where Dexter Banks was. He turns the ball over too often for my liking. He doesn't have perhaps the weapons around him to really make up for his faults. So I think the Halhalua are going to struggle. Maybe if they get the same sim luck they had last year, they'll start to fight for something. But really, I just don't see them competing too often and too well against most teams. Uh, number nine, I've got the San Jose Sabercats. And yeah, I know Ultimus champions, they won the championship and you're starting them in the bottom half of the league. I don't care. I don't think this team deserved to win the Ultimus last season. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near a position to repeat. I don't know how they got the one seed last year. I love Jamar Laxon as a running back. A lot of people do. He's going quite high in many fantasy boards. Uh, but I just don't see the fact that they're going to have any of the same success that they had last year. I don't see that they're going to see any playoff success whatsoever this year. I think, once again, as this is my tier of teams, that I think 
will improve. I just don't think they're ready yet. Uh, like I said, this team lives and dies as Jamar Laxon goes. If he can carry this team, maybe they'll surprise a few teams. Maybe they'll be able to put up some points against people like the uh, Butchers or Outlaws. But I don't see them with the second line or the Otters or the Selfish or the Yeti. Uh, number eight, the very end of Tier 3, we got the Austin Copperheads. They had quite a bit of bad luck last year. And now they've lost net gains, a wide receiver. He's decided to retire. Uh, Easton Cole isn't really in that upper echelon of quarterbacks in this league. Not through the fall of the user, of course. It's just roll of the dice is just how it goes. So I just don't see that they've got the weapons. Eddie Gita is going to have to step up in a big way, in a way that he never has had to before being the number two to net gains. I don't know who they're going to also, who they're going to throw to. I don't really see them having a decent tight end or any real running game. Uh, but like I said, it's all percentages, win, loss. You never know how it's going to go. Maybe they'll surprise a few people. I think they've got a basic amount of talent that could scrape them by for quite a few more wins than people are expecting, but I don't expect them to make a playoff spot, and I don't expect them to be any higher than around middle of the league come playoff time. Now, we're moving into Tier 2. These are the teams that I expect to be fighting heavy for a wildcard playoff spot uh, come the end of the year, and we're going to start off with number seven. We're going to start with the Chicago Butchers. Now, I was a bit late to this bandwagon, personally, myself. I didn't see too great a team coming in last year. I was surprised with the fact that they made the playoffs, though I wasn't surprised with the fact that they immediately lost. Uh, but I think that as a team, they're going to be fighting to be at or above 500, which is a very respectable record, especially with a 16-game season. Uh, and I think that their team is going to show that they are one of the more active teams. As I said, I think the Liberty should follow their example. They've got some of the best updaters in the entire league, the best uh, player weekly. They improve week after week after week, and that will pay off. I just think you won't really see that until about halfway through this year to where they'll really come into their own. Uh, and I do expect that they will make the playoffs. I just don't think that they're going to go any farther than maybe the second round this year. But I do think that they've got a very, very bright future ahead of them. And people should definitely keep whatever stocks they've bought in the Butchers until after this season. Number six might be a surprise for quite a few people. I actually have the Yellowknife Wraiths quite high on my board. Uh, now, most people don't have too high expectations. Most people think that the Yeti, uh, sorry, that the, uh, the Wraiths are going to fall quite far this year. Uh, but I think for me, they just had a really bad run of luck last season. I believe they only had one home win. Uh, which is just absurdly, absurdly poor luck. And I just, I can't see that keeping up the same way this season. I think they'll do quite well for themselves. I think they'll, come playoff time, I think they'll hit maybe around that third, maybe that second seed. But I wouldn't expect them to be quite that good. Uh, I don't expect them to be ahead of the Eddie or the Selfish or anything. But you never know. Percentages and wins, it could go either way. But really, I think the Wraiths, I think they do have enough to really strongly complete, compete. I like Henyadi and Skyline as the two running backs. I think their quarterback, I think they've got the weapons to do it. I really, really like their defense. I just, it just needs to, it just needs to come together for them. They just need to have the luck fall on their side this year instead of going completely against them like it did last season. And my last team for the second tier are going to be the Arizona Outlaws. JQ turning into a complete and utter turnover machine last season was completely unexpected from everybody. And it really, that was what sunk the Outlaws last season. And I think coming into this year, you'll see JQ as perhaps, if not the best quarterback in the league. I mean, I believe he's got the highest TPE of any quarterback in the league. But I think he'll definitely put in the conversation for top three. I love the weapons they've got. I love the fact that they got to keep a lot of their talent from last season. They didn't really lose anybody. Uh, they got to carry over a lot of the people that got them the wins that they got. And I think that this team is ready to at least make the playoffs. I don't know how far they'll get. I don't want to make those predictions quite yet, but I think they should be in, in a position. It's maybe if the luck falls on their side, they could be the uh, Sabercats of this season. And now we get into my tier one teams. These are the teams that I expect to be fighting for the ultimates come uh, playoff time. And these teams, really, you could put any of these teams in any order, and I really couldn't argue too much about it. Uh, but we're going to start off with the fourth team on my list, the New Orleans second line. Now, there's a lot that I really like about the second line. They've been a very good team in this league for a long time. And I just think that they've got a great management team. I think they've got a great offense ready to go. And I think their defense is going to be absolutely fantastic this season. 
And really, there's not too much to say about the second line. Everyone knows that they're good, right? We all we all understand that the second line are a really good squad. I don't think they get enough coverage. I think they're just kind of those, one of those teams that we all kind of take for granted that they're as good as they are. Because we all look at like the, oh, the Otters are going to be so good. We talk about the Yeti, the Selfish were the uh, really big surprise from last season. But really, the second line, I think, I think could be a bit of a dark horse for the Ultimates this season. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them competing in there. I don't know if I'd quite put them there yet. I wouldn't predict them to get it there. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked, is all I'm saying. I, I wouldn't bet against them. And now, at number three, the top three teams I've got. Number three, we've got the Orange County Otters. Now, some people might think this is just a bit too low, but for me, I can't forget that really long slip that they had at the very beginning of last season. They did recover, but I just I don't know if I'd be quite ready to trust them to be the same dominant team that they'd always been. I wouldn't bet against them making the playoffs, of course, but I don't know if I'd quite put them in that same dominant category that they've been in their entire <laughs> franchise's history. They haven't missed the playoffs yet, of course, so you can never bet against a team like that. They are the New England Patriots of the ISFL, and in terms of everything that inclines. They did lose their quarterback uh, of very, very many years in Franklin Armstrong. A lot of people expected him to stick around for one more expansion season. He decided to call it quits. Good for him. I think he deserves first ballot Hall of Fame when that vote comes up. Don't know if he'll get there because the votes are wild. But I, I think when the, their new quarterback is already, he's already ready to take over. He's, they're not, he's not he's not going to be too big of a fall off for the Otters, I don't think. So I expect him to at least keep their head above water enough to make the postseason. Maybe switch them in the second line, depending on your own opinion. But moving on to number two, we've got the Sarasota Sailfish. And I just need to give a big shout out to the way Frost has handled this team over the last few seasons. The Sailfish uh, were an expansion team that weren't really going anywhere. They weren't being too successful, but a couple of trades and suddenly the Sailfish are shooting up the boards and they were competing for a very long time for the number one seed in the NSFC. They didn't quite have the uh, staying power to outlast the Yeti's insane winning streak. Uh, spoiler alert, the Yeti are my number one team for the year. But for me, this team lives and dies by what I consider to be Dexter Banks's last good season he's got possibly. I still love some of their weapons, especially Rain Gordon. Going into this next year, I think he'll probably be the best wide receiver in the league. Even if the Sailfish have him as their wide receiver too, at least for now. But I just love the talent this team has. I love just how good their defense is probably the best in the league. At least they're at least top three. I can't imagine them going anywhere for quite a few years. I just think the only thing that worries me is do they have a quarterback ready to take over next season when Dexter Banks really starts to hurt from his decline? If they can find somebody to take over for him, then I'd expect them to be competing for ultimacies for the next five, six, seven seasons. And as I said, I've got my Colorado Yeti at number one, and I don't think you could call this too big of a bias. They went 14-2 last season, which is an absolutely absurd record in this league. They won all but one of their home games and all but one of their away games, one of which one of their losses was to the Sailfish. And I just don't think how you can, I don't see how you can have this team at any other position but number one. I just, I don't see it. The Yeti are just such a good team. McDummy's on the decline, yes, but they've already got a quarterback waiting to take over for him after he's gone. They've still got some great weapons. They've got a defense that's just insane talent at every level. Defensive line is fantastic. Linebacker with Murder Moose and Pangu, who we're going to talk about a little bit more in detail later. It's just an insane linebacking core. They've got uh, Louisiana Purchase, Rodicus Scott, their starting quarterbacks with Joel Drake playing at nickel back this season. He's ready to go. I can guarantee that. And you've got one last year of Pete Parker at safety and Greedy Sly, who's only just going to keep getting better and better and better at that strong safety spot. I just, I, I don't see how you beat this team. I just, you got to get lucky. You're not going to score a whole lot of points, not against that defense. But that, that ends my power rankings for immediately following the preseason. And we're going to get into my week one predictions. Now, this week one, I've got all home teams winning. Uh, and because it's just such an important advantage, isn't it? The home field advantage. Uh, so we're going to start right into it. The Ha Ha Lua facing the Copperheads in Austin. And I've got the Copperheads coming out on top. Uh, and I expect, like I said, the Copperheads to be a better team than the Ha Ha Lua this year. I don't expect either of these teams to go anywhere too fantastic. But I think week one, you got to give it to the Cop. 
Gotta give it to the Copperheads. Uh, for me, what I'm going to be watching for is just how good is this Copperheads offense, because they are kind of a wild card. They've lost a lot of talent. But I think really for them, this is going to be a good game to silence any doubts that people may have. Uh, I expect their passing game to be more important than their running game in this one. Uh, so I've got the Copperheads winning. I'd call it somewhere in the nature of about maybe 27-20. Uh, next game up, we've got the Liberty at the Baltimore Hawks. And at this one, I've like I said, all home teams, I've got the Hawks winning this one. Uh, I don't particularly like either of these squads, as I've said previously, of course. Uh, but I think really this one got bad team facing bad team. You got to go with the home team in that scenario. Is the odds, I'm sure, are just completely overwhelming in favor of the Hawks, and I can't pick against them. I wouldn't expect either team to be particularly good. Maybe like a 10-6 game, something in that nature. But I, like I said, maybe the running game is going to have to feature quite a bit, but I, I expect these teams to stumble over themselves more so than the other team's defense making more of their plays. Next up, we've got Wraiths at the Butchers. Now, I actually like both of these teams. But like I said, home game is so important, so I got to give this one to the Butchers. This one, I, I wrestled back and forth. I was unsure whether I was going to have the Wraiths as winning this one. I, I, I must have swapped uh, five or six times before I finally settled on the Butchers. I underestimated them last season. Don't think I'm going to make that same mistake again. Like I said, I expect the Wraiths to be a lot better this season, but I think for this week one, I expect the Butchers to take it. Uh, but I wouldn't expect it to be too big of a win, maybe somewhere in the nature of uh, 2016 Something along those lines. Now, we get the game that I'm actually really excited to see on Monday. And that is going to be my game of the week, Sailfish at the Colorado Yeti. And I expect this one, folks, to be a complete and utter barn burner of a football game where I've got the Yeti winning. But I don't think either team is going to come out disappointed with the way their teams played this week. They were, in my opinion, the two best teams in the league last year. Uh, they faced off about midseason last year, Sailfish winning, and I believe it was a blowout, which was a big surprise. I don't expect that to repeat at all in any way, shape, or form this year. And I, I think that come playoff time, this perhaps could be a big tiebreaker, which I expect the Yeti to win. Like I said, but I think this could be a real high-scoring game. Uh, I think somewhere in the nature of maybe 33-26, something like that. I'm not predicting a whole lot of blowouts this week, and I really, I really, I'd be shocked if this one was any more than one score. All right, only a few more games to go. Next up, Outlaws at second line. And I just expect, I, like I said, I think the Outlaws could be ready to be a much better team this year, but I just don't put them, I can't put them on the same level as the second line, especially not playing at New Orleans. They're just they're just too good at home. They're too good on offense. And I, I really, I don't know if I'd expect this one to be even particularly close. Nothing against the Outlaws, but they're just completely outclassed by the second line. I put this one in the nature of maybe 30 to 14. I don't expect this one to be, remain too close a game for very long. And a very interesting matchup we've got, probably the most uh, intriguing one of the week, we've got our two expansion teams facing off week one. Good job with the uh, schedule makers there, the Fire Salamanders playing at the Silverbacks. And like I said, I, I, I really got to give it to the home team here. I got to give it to the Silverbacks. Uh, looking around the predictions, I don't see too many people disagreeing, and I, I, I can completely understand why. Home games are just so important for teams to win, and I just don't see how an you know, expansion team on the road is going to fare too well. Uh, so I just I just got to have the Silverbacks winning this one. I don't think two teams will look particularly impressive. I just think the Silverbacks will end up coming out on top. Put me in the nature of maybe 14-10, but I just don't think... I, I don't think this one will end up being as interesting as people are hoping, simply because of the fact that the two teams just don't have the talent right now. And finally, Sabercats at Otters. I'm not going to spend too much time on this one. Can't believe the uh, Sabercats won the Ultimates last season. Don't see them winning this game particularly at all. I don't see them having that 10% win percentage actually come to fruition this time. Not in Orange County. I got to give it to the Otters. I just think at home they're just going to be too much. New quarterback, that'll be the, what I'm watching. I got to see how that new quarterback does. But I just, I just don't see the Sabercats moving too well against this Otters defense. I got to say this one probably around the range of 21-7, maybe 21-10. Now we get into the real meat and potatoes of a week one podcast. We get to talk about the season predictions. And for the NSFC, now obviously a lot of these is going to fall off of my initial power rankings. 
so we're going to start with the NSFC. Number one seed, I've got the Colorado Yeti. And the number two seed, I've got the Sarasota Sailfish. Like I said, I think this upcoming week one game could be a big boon to whichever team wins it. Especially, I don't expect either of these two teams to be more than maybe two games apart. Any more than that, I'd be absolutely shocked. And I think that both teams are going to look back on this week one game and say, this is one that we needed uh, come the end of the year. And I think that final team getting that final third seed, I think I'm going to be going out on a bit of a limb here. I think it's going to be the Wraiths. A lot of people have the Butchers taking this one. A lot of people have the Butchers even as high as the number two seed. I especially don't see that. And I think it's a bit of a stretch maybe saying the Wraiths get the third seed. I think maybe it might come down to a tiebreaker between three and four. But I just, I, I think I have faith in the Wraiths. I like the Wraiths. I like the Wraiths run game. I like parts of their defense. I think that they could pull together enough to maybe sneak into the playoffs just above the Butchers, though I wouldn't expect them to get very far. And I just have the Butchers just missing out on the playoffs going at the number four spot. Like I said, I think next year they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I just, I don't think they're quite ready yet. They have a very bright future with their updaters. It's just this year just isn't quite the year for them. And I'm not going to spend too much time on my five, six, or seven slots. I got the Hawks, the Liberty, and the Fire Salamanders. I don't think any of these teams are going to win too many games this year. I don't expect any of them to go winless, obviously. Uh, but the Hawks, Liberty, Fire Salamanders just aren't. None of them are in a position to win for this year or even next year. Maybe things look up for the Fire Salamanders after two years. Maybe things even look up for the Liberty after two or three. And I just think we're just going to see the Hawks continue to fall until they can just find a better quarterback than Chica. Now we move on to the ASFC. A conference which was the bane of many a season predictions last year. Uh, I don't think anybody predicted the Sabercats at number one. I don't even think even the Sabercats predicted they'd go number one. And spoiler alerts, I don't have them going number one this year either. Uh, person I do have going number one overall are the Orange County Otters. That's not exactly an unpopular prediction, I don't think. I don't think too many people are going to disagree with that. Maybe swap them in the second line. But I just I think the Orange County Otters don't have that same beginning of the season slide like they did last year, and I just don't see them losing too many games. Uh, number two, I've got the New Orleans second line. As I've said, I think they're really good. I think they'll earn that second playoff spot with pretty much ease. Uh, I don't know. I think it'll come down between them and the Otters to go into the Ultimates this season. Uh, don't know who don't know who'd win that one. I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know who would pick that one up. And the final playoff spot, I've got the Arizona Outlaws. And this mainly rests on the fact that I really, I do not think that JQ is going to be the bad quarterback that he was last year. I think he rebounds. I think he recovers. And I think he comes back in a big way for the Outlaws. And I think he's the kind of quarterback that can elevate this team to fight for that third and final playoff spot. And I think, I don't know how far they'll get. Maybe they'll surprise people. But I think they at least deserve to make it with the talent they've got. And the first team I've got missing, I've got the the Austin Copperheads, excuse me. Uh, like I said, losing that game, I think, is just going to kill them. And I, I, I don't expect them to win. I think there's going to be a bit of a gap between the top three teams in the SSC and the bottom four. But at the very top of that trash heap, I've got the Copperheads. And I've got the Sabercats finishing number five. Uh, I, I don't have anything against them. I just don't think I don't think they deserve it last year, and I don't think they'll do too well this year. I think you'll see a much more realistic version of the San Jose squad this year. And I expect Jamar Laxon to escape in the following year or two. Coming in at number six, I've got the Honolulu Hahalua. They're a team that I don't think it talk, gets talked about too, too often. Because they're kind of, for me, they're like the Tennessee Titans of the ISFL. For very many years, the Titans just kind of existed. They were just there. And you played them, and they were on your schedule. And you game plan for them like you'd game plan for any other mediocre team. And that's just about how I feel about the Hahalua. I just I, I don't see them being particularly awful. I just don't think they're very memorable. I don't think they'll get any recognition for any awards whatsoever. I just think they'll kind of they'll they'll be. They will exist. They will take up space on the football field. And the only evidence that they ever existed will be the cleat marks on the uh, turf of whatever field it is they just most recently played on. And finally, at number seven, no surprise, I've got the Silverbacks. Uh. Like I said, just they're just not ready. Not too much to say about them that I haven't already said. They're just not going to be ready, and that's not an insult to anybody. 
Now we're going to get to perhaps the most perilous part of this entire first episode. I am going to attempt to predict every single award that I can realistically make a guess for. I don't expect them to be accurate. I don't expect these to be good at all. But I want to fill time, and I, I, I just like the idea of maybe I'll, maybe I'll hit one or two of them. Maybe I will. You know, let's see. Can't ever uh, shoot for the moon. Maybe I'll land among the stars for one or two of these picks. So we're going to start off. We're going to start off with the best GM award. And I think for what they're, I predict them to pull off this year, I think Yellowknife is going to be able to win this award. Fly Eagles, Fly and P Money, if they are indeed still the GMs of Yellowknife. Probably should have looked into that, but I just looked on the uh, I just looked on the forum. What do you want from me? What more? Uh, I think they'll surprise some people. I think just based on how they were last season and where I think they'll be this season, I think there will be enough of a difference that they will do basically where Chicago was because Chicago most recently won GM of the year. I think they'll have that kind of sudden swing up that'll make people take notes and say, okay, these GMs actually do know what they're doing. So moving on, my prediction for most valuable player I've got going to Dexter Banks. This is his last season, last good season, I should say. I don't know how much longer he'll continue to be around. He's been a shockingly good quarterback for Sarasota for very many years. I think this season he manages to cut off enough of the turnovers and put up enough stats that I think it might be one of the more close and controversial MVP awards, but I do think he pulls it out. And I think Sarasota might just surprise some people with just how good their team is this year. And at Offensive Player of the Year, I've got Matthias Hanyandi. Not the most popular. I think a lot of people would rather have Daryl Williams. We don't know how he's going to be. We don't know how much of his, how many of his touches are going to be taken away by Akira Skyline. But I think, I think, if I had to take a guess, this might be enough to really carry Yellowknife this season. I think they're going to have to rely on him in Skyline, and I think because of that, his numbers are going to be inflated. Now, now at defense, a player of the year, I've got a guy that's been very well represented in awards in his career so far, and that's going to be Derod DeVille, linebacker of the Baltimore Hawks. Linebackers are absolute stat masters. We know this. That doesn't surprise anybody. And I think that this season, I think he manages to take home both this and linebacker of the year. And there's not, just not much more to say. I think this might be the, he's the big draw to Baltimore, I think, that puts people's faith in their defense. It's just how good Derod DeVille is. Now we get into the rookie category, and my first pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year is going to be a split decision between the rookie quarterback for the Otters, and I think my personal pick would be Zoe Watts, running back. Now, I love Zoe Watts. She's been fantastic. She's already GMing, which is absolutely insane. I can't compete with that as a as a user. Zoe Watts is just, Keon Prick has just been amazing. She has her own podcast. Complete shout out. Go ahead and listen because she completely deserves it. She's amazing and I love her. And it's completely, it's not returned at all. Uh, but I think her player is going to be really fantastic. She's Already, I believe, got the most TP in the Season 24 class. I, that she's, she's definitely up there. She's a fantastic earner, and I think her player is going to be absolutely showing that on the field. And I just I just love Zoe Watts. Don't we all love Zoe Watts? Isn't Zoe Watts just fantastic? Can we get some love for Zoe Watts, please? Because she deserves it. And I'm going to be a complete another homer for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I got my man, Joel Drake. He's going to be playing Nickelback. Some would argue, some would hold against him. But I think, I just think he's going to be great. I just think he's going to put up fantastic numbers. The Sim Luck has been on his side his entire career. He's gotten a bunch of awards already, and I just I just think they'll continue to roll in. I don't know. I don't think he'll win any other awards, but I think he will pull together enough to scrape off of Defensive Rookie of the Year, especially since there aren't too many other amazing candidates for this award for this upcoming season. Uh, as you might expect, best QB, I also have going to Dexter Banks. Like I said, this this could completely blow up in my face, by the way, and I will completely and utterly... We're going to be talking about this come award season at the end of the year, and I could probably start laughing at myself even right now. But I'm going to put my neck out there. I'm going to put my neck on the line, and I'm going to say I think Dexter, Dexter Banks run, has one last incredible ride to a championship loss to the Colorado Yeti. Best running back, obviously I'm going to have Yandy. Like I said, some people will probably have Daryl Williams. In fact, I picked him high in my fantasy draft class also. 
But really, I'm just I just think he's I just think he's going to be fantastic for the Wraiths. I think he's going to be the difference between whether the Wraiths season lives or dies. And I think they understand that. Uh, best wide receiver. I've also got quite a few selfish coming up. Brain Gordon at wide receiver. He's absolutely incredible. I know he's not initially going to be wide receiver one for the Sarasota Selfish, but he's just he's just too good. He's got too much TPE. He's got too much talent for me to look at him and go, no, I don't think he deserved to win wide receiver of the year. I don't know anybody else I would put up for this award right now. I think at the very least he's going to end up with a nomination, but right now I think he's going to end up winning the award. Now, this one I'm not going to talk about too often because I know nothing about the tight ends of this league. Absolutely nothing. But I'm going to give this one to Austin McCormick. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Congratulations, McCormick. You have my award. That means absolutely nothing. Same with the offensive line. Maurice Vertinen, congratulations. You've been dubbed the absolutely useless best offensive line in Russ fans' perspective award. Now, on to the defense. My favorite section of this entire podcast. Best defense tackle, I've got going to Otis Allen. Quite a few people may have people like, say, Bubba Thumper. Uh, but I think Otis Allen is going to have a fantastic season this year. I think he's going to absolutely perhaps be even most improved, but it's hard to can't really predict those quite yet. But I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I don't even know if he's been nominated yet. I think he will at least be nominated. And I think he really is going to help break up the same award winners for these defensive lineman awards that we see basically every year. Speaking of breaking up the same awards winners every single year, best defensive end, you might think I'm going to pick Emmanuel Blackstone, and that would be a completely fair pick. It would also be kind of cheating, in my opinion. So I told myself, whoever I pick, it's not going to be Blackstone. It probably will be Blackstone, but I'm not going to choose him. I'm going to, I'm going to branch out, and I'm really branching out because I'm picking Carolina BBQ is best. I've changed my mind. That's my, be- that's my favorite name in this entire league. And I think, I think Simlock's just going to be on his side. Not much to say about him. I wish I picked Emmanuel Blackstone. Moving on. Best linebacker. Obviously, I'm going to choose Gerard DeVille. If I think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year, I think he's going to win Best Linebacker. That's all I need to say about that. I think he'll just put up incredible stats on a very, very bad Baltimore Hawks team. Best cornerback is a bit of a difficult one because there are a lot. There are a ton of fantastic cornerbacks in this league, uh, not including Zamir Kayla. And I think the best one for this upcoming season is going to be a man that's gotten nominated, I believe, many times for this award. And I'm going to give it to him this year, Louisiana Purchase, another name that I absolutely love. He is worth all of the tens or hundreds of millions that were spent on him. It's a historical joke. It didn't work as well because I didn't research the amount of money that was spent for but I think he'll be absolutely fantastic this season. I think he'll be one of the reasons that the Yeti have perhaps the best defense of the year. He'll shut down everybody that faces across him. I think he'll even have quite a good game against Rain Gordon come week one. Now, best safety, I've got New Orleans finally picking up an award. Mason Blaylock. He's been, I believe he's won this award at least once or twice before. He's been nominated basically every year he's been in the league. That's no shock. He's 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 fantastic. He is perhaps the best safety in the league. He's definitely up there, top three at least. And I just, I don't see, I just don't see anybody else other than him picking up this award this season. Maybe somebody will surprise me, but right now I got to give it to Mason Blaylock. And finally, wrapping up my last few awards here, best kicker and best punter, I got to go to Venus Powers because I just wanted to give it to the same person for both because really the the special teams award don't they don't get enough attention. They they go right at the beginning and nobody remembers them and everyone's talking about the offensive and defensive players. But you gotta love I'm a Ravens fan. Look, I gotta give credit to the special teams. I got my wolf pack. I gotta give it to Venus Powers and I wanna I just wanna give him credit. I just wanna give him all the attention that these people who choose to be these special teamers deserve. Because without them we couldn't have a league. They'd all be bots and we'd all be missing twenty yard field goals. Which Chicago is already doing. And my last two awards, I got Best Returner being somebody from Chicago. This is just a crapshoot. I'm, I'm giving myself a handicap because I have no idea who returns anything in this league. But I think somebody from, congratulations, somebody from Chicago is going to win this award. Congratulations. And finally, an actual award that I actually thought about for the first time in a while. Best User. Now this one is really, really different. You can win this award for a million different reasons. 
through a million different means. And there's just so many, so many people who are deserving of this award every single season. But I got to go with my, my Yeti, and I got to go with Sylphrini. Maybe I got to get him on this podcast at least once this season, I think. Or maybe I'll go on his. I don't know. But I think he's just he just does so much for the league. Uh, he's already he GM'd for the London Royals. Now he's GMing for Colorado, and he's running a podcast. And he's got like a billion dollars in his bank account, and he's got drafted number one overall both times. I can't say anything about this guy that hasn't already been said. And I think at the end of the day, he will show that he absolutely, absolutely deserves to win best user, which in my opinion is my favorite award. It's our version of the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. It's my favorite award to get handed out because it's the one that really, it's the one that really matters. I mean, everyone else, <laughs> every award that we give is just sim luck and numbers on a page. Best user is the one that matters really, because it's the one that actually measures what you've given back to the league that gives us so many of us a social life. Now, now we get to cut back a little bit. That's all the football stuff I've got for the week. That's the recap and the predictions. But now I, I got to have a bit of a cool down, you know? Like every time you, every time you work out, you, you do your warm-ups, and then you got to have your cool down. My throat hurts, so we're just going to relax for a bit, and we're going to take some questions. If you want to send in some questions for next week, I'm going to be posting a new questions thread immediately after this podcast goes up. So you want to check that out, that'd be fantastic. But we're just going to take some questions. First question coming from uh, user Schwartz otherwise known as Melvin Murder Moose, one of my favorite people in this league. <clears throat> she asks, what are you most excited about being called up to the Eddie this year? Any nerves about their rookie season in the big leagues? Well, I am kind of nervous because my player has been nothing but fantastic so far in his career, and I want nothing more than that to continue. And if he sucks in the big leagues, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that, that absolutely does not happen. But really... There's a lot fewer nerves because I'm going to a, I'm going to the Eddie. They're the best team in the league, in my opinion. And all I have to do is just not screw up in any big way. And her next question is, what do you think about the new combination of Murder Moose and Depengu? Now, I don't know. I, I'm still somewhat unaware about the history in this league, but apparently this was this was a big thing, that Murder Moose and Depengu are back together and they're playing linebacker next to each other. And everyone absolutely went bonkers. All I care about is the fact that they're both extremely, extremely talented, strong players. <laughs> Though Murder Moose going away from kicker is a bit sad to me as a special teams fan, but she's got, she's got, she had way too much TP to stay kicker, if we're being completely honest. And her filling out that other linebacker spot next to Depengu is going to be absolutely, absolutely nuts. I don't, like I said, best defense in the league, and I don't, I don't see how any team runs or passes or punts without getting blocked against this squad, especially mainly because of those two in the middle, best linebacking core in the league, bar none. Now, next question, what are you hoping to accomplish this season? I'm going to take this in two parts. First, I'm going to talk about personally. Personally, as Joel Drake, I hope to win Defense Rookie of the Year, and I hope to maybe sneak away with best cornerback or maybe best safety. I don't know how the awards work for people playing out of position. But I don't know if that'll happen, but those are my hopes. Those are my big accomplishments personally. I hope to at least get two or three interceptions, and maybe I can return one of those for a touchdown. I had two touchdown returns last year, and now I'm addicted. I'm just I'm chasing the high, a defensive touch. There, there ain't, there's nothing like seeing Joel Drake interception return 70 yards for a touchdown. It's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous fun. It doesn't happen too often, so you got to love it when it does. As a team, obviously, I hope we go undefeated all the way to the Ultimus. Though I don't know, I don't know if we'll be able to, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to do my part to improve on a ridiculous 14-2 season. But I don't see why we couldn't repeat that because this team just got better. That's all they did. They didn't regress anywhere. They just got better. Uh, thoughts on your preseason performance? Anything you wish you had done differently? Any changes you will make moving forward? Uh, now, I only took a quick look at the preseason outside of the records, and I didn't get any. I got one pass deflection, and I got one tackle for loss, and I got one sack uh, on top of a bunch of other tackles, which is exactly what you'd expect from somebody playing nickelback. Uh, so really, uh, it's a it's about where my preseason performance was my first year with the Pythons. Nothing big, nothing too flashy, just doing my job, and that's really that's all I want. I went through the first year with the Pythons where my numbers were insane, but the team sucked, and I never want to do that. If I had to choose between personal success and team success, I'm going to go with team success every single time. And so we went 2-2 two and two without even really trying, as far as I understand it, which is good for me. 
That's good enough for me with my numbers. I don't care how my numbers look. I just want this team to win. And really, there's nothing else I'd change. I'm doing I'm doing everything in the order that my team wants me to do, so there's nothing I would change. And Swartz asked me, finally, what are your season predictions for the Yeti this year? Like I said, it's hard to predict anything like a 14-2 season. But really, I think the Yeti are definitely going to hang around the 12-13 win mark, and anything better than that is asking for a little too much. And anything less than that, it would be a surprise. That That's just really bad luck if, if it happens any less than 12 or 13 wins. They're just too good to not be at the top of the league, in my opinion. Now, next user question is going to be from Fleshbag Soup. Slightly disturbing nickname, um, but I, I'm not a, I like soup, you know, but Fleshbag is a bit disgusting. But he asks, favorite donut? And I'm not actually a fan of donuts. I don't. I, I'm not a fan of the the finger food that makes your your fingers all all sticky. You know, like I'm. I have the same problem with wings. I can't. I don't like eating wings just because. I'm every every bite. I'm I'm putting it down and I'm wiping my fingers down and I'm washing my hands and it takes me an hour to eat. Uh, but I am quite a bit a fan of powdered donuts. If those count, you get those like a little sleeve of powdered donuts. Those are fantastic. Uh, I can't get enough of those. <clears throat> now moving next user question is going to be from Jamar. Laxon, he asks, best Among Us imposter slash crewmate in the ISFL game server. Now, if you're not aware, if you are in this podcast and you are not in the ISFL game server and you like playing social games, get in the ISFL game server. It's a fantastic time. We play something every day, every night at least. We always play. There's always a game of Among Us at least going. And speaking about the best imposter slash crewmate, uh, I got to give a shout out to Darkness because when he first started playing, he was the very definition of the third imposter. This man, he went off. I remember a game where me and uh, Quest were both playing as imposters, and we had to kill one guy each, and the rest, everybody else, Darkness just went off half-cocked every time, wrong every single time, and voted off every single time before we, we all we had to do was just shut up and keep our mouths shut and stay by the wayside and let the crewmates kill each other. But now, every time I get imposter in a game with Darkness, he's my first target because I know if I don't kill him fast... He's gonna figure out that it's me, and I can give no greater I can give no greater uh, compliment uh, to any anybody playing that game because then you have my target at the very from the very start because that just shows you that I consider you dangerous, and I think everybody else should have that same strategy. Makes the game a lot less fun for him though, I'm sure. Uh, best imposter, though you gotta you gotta give a give a hand to the a really good liars, and I'm gonna put myself up for that. Because I think I'm a really good liar. Not sure what that says about me. I just I just think I am. Uh, but yeah, like I said, join the ISFL game server. If you're not in there, get in there. Unless you don't plan on playing anything. In which case, uh, don't, I guess. I don't know. It's, we're 52 minutes into this recording, man. I, I don't know. Ah, and his final question is, why is Lamar Jackson the best player render on the site? And it's simply because Lamar Jackson is the best player in the NFL. And it has been proven that any player using a Lamar Jackson render is going to be given an instant plus 10 boost to all athletic attributes. Uh, it's true. You can look into it. Uh, I believe uh, Mag did a breakdown of the sim a couple weeks ago. And I, I you, it's somewhere in there. You can read it. <laughs> no, but seriously, I just love Lamar Jackson. I have his jersey. He's kind of struggled this year a bit, but. I just he's just so much fun to watch. He made football fun to watch. He makes other games less fun to watch because other people are just not Lamar Jackson. And if you're not a part of Lamar Gang, become a part of Lamar Gang. And if you are a part of Lamar Gang, you have my respect. Especially if you're not a quarterback, because that just takes real balls, doesn't it? Be, being a different render position for your position, and then making the people who make those uh, make those sigs have to really work for something that works, because that's just that's just funny. I just like making people suffer. That's why I like Among Us so much. Ah, bunch of questions. Next one is from Glims. He asks, so when are you and I becoming GMs of an expansion team together? The answer is probably never. I have no desire to be a GM. Uh, I have no desire, at least not now. Maybe I'll want a GM later, but I'm not one of those crazy people like Mag or Camprick or Selfrenny who wants to immediately jump into GMing a team. I just, I just like being an individual player. I like being a cog in the machine. And that, that's all I have to say about that. Plus, I wouldn't want to do an expansion team because they'd be terrible. Uh, next question. No, but seriously, 
Oh, the previous question wasn't serious. That's all right. <clears throat> if you got to make an expansion team, what would the branding be? And, you know, I I haven't really thought about that at all. What, what I, because there was a, you know, whole write-up about as to uh, that one PT was, was, what would you make? What would you make the new expansion teams if you could? for what city they would be in. And I just said, I just basically said, just reuse a team name from a different sport. I believe I said Rangers, I think from baseball. That's just lazy, isn't it? But I had to make 200 words work and I had no idea. And really, I don't know. I don't know, really. I Just something cool, I guess. I put a team in Baltimore, but there is already a team in Baltimore. And there's already a team in Pennsylvania. Maybe I'll put a team in Indiana because that's my home state. I guess, yeah, there we go. Put up Indianapolis, whatever. I don't know, Colts. Indianapolis Ravens. So history can repeat itself. And if you answered that before, my alternative question is Xbox or PlayStation. My answer is PlayStation and gaming PC. All right. Uh, Silfrenny uh, asks his question. He's going to be the final questions of the podcast. What is the thing a Yeti and Python share most in common what is the thing they share the least in common? I'm going to assume now he's not talking about the creature. He's talking about the actual team players. And I think what I'd have to say is, especially following last year, a Yeti and a Python love Discord, love playing games on Discord, and are just, they make really the best community, you know? Like I go into, I, I'm in a bunch of other teams' Discords, and I just, they're just not as good, really. Like, they're not as organized. The team, that the, they don't have as good a SIG creator as Quest is. They didn't have a good GM as Quest is, or was, I guess, at this point. You know, if somebody put taps in the background. And I just think that I just love the communities I have gotten to be a part of, and I love the teams that drafted me to be a part of those communities. Uh, how many awards do you anticipate receiving throughout your career with the Yeti? Uh, hopefully, I win at least one every year. But ultimately, if I can just get, like, Ultimus MVP, that's fine. For I just want to win at this point. You know, I, I went through the year of a lot of awards and a crappy team. Oh, I was miserable the entire time. I was probably miserable to be around, which is why I will never get user of the year. Uh, but really, like I said, hope maybe one every year. But like I said, I just want the team to do well. That's all I want. Uh, what are your goals for playing Nickelback this season? Uh, well, apparently Nickelback is an absolutely fantastic position to be in for stats for a cornerback. Uh, so hopefully I get a bunch of interceptions, return all of them for touchdowns, get about 100 tackles, Maybe throwing a couple sacks, and maybe I even get a safety. You know, I, somebody has to take over for uh, Kirkby leaving in his five safeties last year or whatever it was. Maybe I can be that guy. You know, maybe I can jump that. But really, all I hope to do is cover whatever the third guy is, is while Rodicus Scott and Louisiana Purchase cover the number one and number two, and we shut out every team every week. That's all I want. And so finally, only one last thing to do. We are at. Let me see. We are almost at an hour. Whew. That's a lot of talking. I've drank through my entire water, so we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I'm just going to give one last section that I'm going to call recommendations. This could be this could be a music recommendation. This could be a movie recommendation. Or this could be just a book, maybe, if anybody in this league reads things that are not the media section. Uh, so this week, I'm going to give a recommendation of the movie The Last Samurai, starring Tom Cruise as the lead now a lot of you may not be big tom cruise fans i personally quite like the guy i don't care about the scientology stuff even though it is really weird but the movie itself you cannot ignore just how fantastic this movie is it's shot beautifully it's han zimmer's best score he's ever made as far as i'm concerned the plot every time we get to the end of this i get chills every single time this ending comes around I'd highly recommend it. I would I would rent it. I would buy it on Blu-ray. I would buy the Steelbook, which I actually have, which is amazing. I watch this movie at least once a month, if not more, because it's just it's so good. It's Tom Cruise's best performance. It's just it's just such a fantastic film. It's on Netflix if you want to check it out there if you have Netflix. I would highly recommend it. And really that's that's all I've got to say. It's just it's I it's just so good. It's just so freaking good. And in the spirit of recommending that film, I'm going to be ending this and playing you a section of maybe the best piece of music on that score from A Way of Life. Thank you, and I will see you next week.